what's better than this guys being dudes here on the draft dudes podcast presented by locked on it's joe marino and kyle Krabs from the draft network and we are your hosts here on this thursday episode of the show kyle what's up man hey joe so little did we know we um had the live stream uh, on Monday night and somebody had said, we're going to bet Chris <laughs> misses a show this week. And Chris said, no, nah, I like my chances. Chris is not with us today. Just had this revelation right as we were starting. But to be fair to Chris, you and I had a recording change of plans. And as it pertains to, uh, if there's going to be an odd man out for recording situations, it's going to be Chris. So I just realized that that was really funny. Chris was so confident. Yeah, no, I'm not gonna, I was too. I'm not going to miss the stream. Oh, hey, listen. Here we are. Not in Chris's defense. He could have woken up at 3 a.m. his time to he could have. record with us. But yeah. The guy real chose sleep. Lack I don't of know dedication, what to say. Real lack of dedication to Brandis. Like, is this important to you or not, Chris? Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it, it, this is 100% not Chris's fault. Um, the, the reality is my wife broke her ankle yesterday. And um, in order for us to do everything that we can do, right, as our individual dad dynamics exist throughout the day, this is what was required. So, um, Thanks to you for being accommodating and Chris, uh, enjoy your slumber. Well, don't thank me. Thank me when we're done, because that's when I'll be confident that I was able to do my part here because I'm sitting here watching the baby monitor with this, this small child writhing around like a snake with its head cut off in her crib right now. Uh, so hopefully she stays asleep. We get this whole thing. But we do have a really cool concept to talk about today. And it comes to us. Courtesy of Jason Pauly, I had stumbled upon this graphic on, uh, I believe it was either Twitter or Reddit, uh, but it shows an analysis of 20 years worth of drafting relative to their draft spot. Joe, you did a nice job kind of explaining Jason's methodology. Uh, so would you like to give everybody uh, a... Cliff's notes crash course on what how Jason went about describing how he did this exercise. Yeah, I'll tell you what, I'll I'll let Jason explain it with uh, his very concise reasoning and, and explanation here. What he did is he took every player's career weighted AV, which is a pro football reference metric for approximate value to measure players right their contributions so far so he took each player's career weighted av and divided it by the sum of all av from that player's draft to come up with a new metric which is called av share so for example lamar jackson was drafted in 2018 he has a career weighted av of 47 so far the sum of all players from his draft have a career av of 2094 his av share is 2.2 4% because 47 divided by 2094 equals 2.24. And so when you add up all the draft picks that were made per team and it's the aggregate, right? The, the plus minus of all of their draft picks, where do they fall 
one through 32 in order of highest to lowest. So this comes down to, as Joe had mentioned, a percent. And the really good picks are plus a percent. Uh, The average, the expected AV share based on your pick range. If you're picked in the top 20, your expectation is you're going to have an an average AV share of over 1% of that cumulative total. Uh, And from there, it whittles down. Uh, If you were picked from 21 to 30, for example, it's 0.82% of that cumulative share of AV. Uh, And it continues to dwindle down. And you see uh, some pretty clear tiers. Uh, There's a tier, as I said, 1 through 20. The next tier would be between 1% and a half a percent. And that's from like 21 through 70. Uh, So most of your day two selections. Uh, And then there's another drop down, so on and so forth. Once you get outside uh, the top 150, your expectations for how much of that AV share you have are next to zero. So it really works just like you would expect the draft to. Your expectations are a player are commensurate to where you got drafted in the NFL draft. So uh, it's a, it's a really neat way to put some imagery and some numbers to this utilizing pro football references, AV share, which I'm a big fan of in general uh, because that is calculated on an annual basis. And it's pretty much how impactful were you to the game relative to all of your peers at every position in the NFL that respective year. Uh, so it, it gives you a really nice snapshot of how positive of a contrib- contributor you were to your team. But Joe, uh, you, we could go best and worst drafting team since 2000. We can go best and worst individual draft picks performing versus expectations of where they were drafted. Uh, Jason has a lot in this article. Yeah. Really enjoyable read. It's about a 10 minute read. Uh, I'll tell you what I've, Chris is still going to produce today's show. I think I'm going to have him put the link in the show description. Absolutely. So that way, everybody, if you're interested, you can read this for yourself. Um, so, so where do you want to, where do you think the most interesting nuggets and factoids are here? I'd love to start with this graph of team rankings of their draft picks from 2016 to 2020. And then I think, uh, later on, we can move into some of those best draft picks and worst draft picks. Okay. Cool. But, because I think I, as to our core, we are draft guys. We love it. We, we believe in the draft as the foundation for building sustained winners. Mm-hmm. And when you look at this chart from 2016 through 2020, it's pretty telling, right? Like <laughs> teams at the top, the teams at the bottom, pretty correlative in, in terms of where those teams are. And at the very top, and rightfully so, the New Orleans Saints, who they have a pretty high, they're like the distance between them and the second team is pretty, pretty high. And when you think about some of these New Orleans Saints, draft hits 
whether, I mean, 2017 alone with Marshawn Lattimore, Ryan Ramchek, Marcus Williams, uh, Alvin Kamara, Trey Hendrickson. I mean, that was one draft class hitting on right. Michael Thomas, right? Like uh, they, they've had some Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, Eric McCoy. This team, while they haven't had a high volume of picks and that probably helps them in this experiment, they've had some massive, massive, massive hits. And their uh, number one discrepancy in a positive net for pick value versus pick selection, Alvin Kamara in 2017, which is plus 1.34%. That's not the highest individual AV share discrepancy that we will have when we're discussing the top teams in their drafting. Uh, but New Orleans, as you said, Joe, the gap between them and the number two team, which is Baltimore is equivalent to Baltimore's gap to team three, four, six, seven, <laughs> far. eight yeah. on the list, eight and nine, which are tied with Miami and Dallas. So <laughs> you put that into perspective, New Orleans since 2016, the 2017 class by itself is probably yeah. better than almost everybody else as far as expectations and they continue to identify and hit on talent. As you said, it's just that they don't have the volume. And some of that is because they're very aggressive to go get their yes. guys. Um, and the big question for them is now that they've weathered the salary cap storm, right. That they put off for so long. Thank goodness they drafted. Well, imagine oh, yeah. if they didn't draft well with some of the cap situation stuff they had to do now, can you get the quarterback play that's going to allow you to contend or not? And I think that's why for us, New Orleans going into this year is the big mystery. They're a team that I think we had eight and nine on the draft yeah. dudes live stream. As far as like a projection, it's just like you could see him winning 10 games. You could see him winning six or seven games. It all depends on the quarterback play. Welcome to quarterback purgatory guys. <laughs> it sucks. Yes, it does. Um, so big shout out to the saints. I think they, obviously have done quite well for themselves and we'll see how they figure out that quarterback thing because the rest of the roster is pretty friggin' good. Mm -hmm. You mentioned Baltimore at number two. Um, yeah, I think, I think it's been really, their process has been really cool to, to go to the Eric DaCosta, like a very seamless transition from Ozzie Newsom. They had a plan and even without Ozzie as the lead general manager, Still, every every year since, it still feels like oh, yeah, that's a Ravens draft. And what's really different about the Saints and the in the Ravens is you do see the volume of draft picks with Baltimore, and they still score really, really high despite having a lot of opportunity for variance because they've picked so frequently. But every year, Baltimore lets the board fall to them, and they come away with hit after hit after hit. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one thing that we do need to be somewhat cognizant of is, is in a lot of times, a lot of cases, player success is really rooted in the environment that you're placed yep. into, right? So yep. it is a little bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy. But you think about how Baltimore does their business. And New Orleans, you know, they're, they're picking more highly because they're trading up. They're giving up picks to go draft highly, to go bring guys, to be starters. 
in a well-oiled machine. Okay, that's one thing. Baltimore, a lot of the times, they draft guys and sit them for two years, bring them into the system, let the vet go sign, let C.J. Mosley go sign somewhere else for $18 million because we're not paid him that. Right. And the guy that we drafted two years ago is going to take your spot from the fifth round, and he's going to outperform that expectation because he had the luxury of time and being drafted and developed. And that's why we preach continuity and stability within your organization and all those things. And they're all important. It's a lot easier when you got a head coach like John Harbaugh. Yeah. Well, Baltimore is willing to pay defensive backs, right? Like that's the one <laughs> position Correct. where we will pay you. Um, you know, not that, not that they're completely averse to giving worthy players extensions. Obviously, you know, you know look at Ron, Ronnie Stanley. They certainly took care of that situation, um, but they're smart. They're smart. And it, it comes from this belief that they can continue to hit on draft picks. They, they know that's the lifeblood of what they do. That's why they're always good. Um, and you know, just a, a very respectable franchise in terms of the way they do their business. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and the UFC. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in the game. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use our promo code locked on. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. So as we look at the rest of this top tier, or, or the teams that are net positive, above zero, you have Kansas City, you have New Orleans and Baltimore one and two. The Kansas City Chiefs, Buffalo Bills, Indianapolis Colts, that's kind of a pseudo tier. Uh, you could probably put Chicago into that bucket. And of course this is, uh, and Jason has talked a little bit about some of the challenges with this, this approach. And, and we think about Chicago and drafting, right. And they have done really well with the exception of the right. Mitchell Trubisky selection. Right? right. So positional value, something that, I think probably puts an asterisk next to Chicago's name uh, for that really high pick in Mitch Trubisky and missing on that. But credit to Ryan Pace because the rest of the roster that they've drafted has been good. You know, they've, yep. they've drafted a lot of really strong pieces. So um, I would count New Orleans in a tier of their own Baltimore, Kansas city, Buffalo, Indianapolis, Chicago is kind of the tier two tier three. Washington football team, Miami Dolphins, Dallas Cowboys, Atlanta Falcons, uh, L.A. Chargers. Last tier of net positive teams, Minnesota Vikings, Pittsburgh Steelers, Los Angeles Rams. Anything surprise you there? Anything that, that you think jumps out to you? Yeah, the two, the two teams that, t that stand out to me are um, Atlanta and the Chargers, who are both above – average or above zero when it comes to barely. this process barely. But I think that speaks to teams that have had talent, just didn't know how to win. Right. Like the coaching 
situations oh, that geez, are bad. I didn't no, I even thought about look, that, but yeah, yeah I mean, they're, they're blowing, they're blowing 10 point leads every yeah, other week. Right. It's not like a, it's not like a talent issue. Now I think for Atlanta right now, I do think it is a talent issue. And, and for the chargers, they've, they've had, they've been irresponsible at some position groups. Hello, offensive line, right? Like I think they've had some self-incriminating mistakes that they've made, but part of it's not entirely drafting. And I think this is where some of those other, other layers matter, right? Like having the right leadership and coaching and knowing how to win football games um, to maximize what has been reasonable drafting. So I guess the, the thing that surprises me is we think about this past year's Super Bowl winner in Tampa Bay. And obviously Tom Brady comes in and, and helps with that a lot, but I was surprised to see their cumulative total from 16 to 20, not land them in the top half of the league. They're, they're sitting at, uh, I think 19th, uh, which is they're almost exactly zero. So that means they got almost exactly what your expectation was for where you drafted every single player, you got the expected net and return on that. Um, so I don't know if that's something that, that we can point to and say, well, Tampa's been a seven win team for every year until Tom Brady shows up in the 2021 season, you know, a bunch of guys boost their, their approximate AV. And uh, if we revisit this same draft class in three years and Tom Brady's playing and they win more Super Bowls, they'll, they'll probably be looked upon much more favorably. Um, but, but I just thought that was interesting that Tampa, because we've both been very complimentary of what their roster has become, mm-hmm. uh, not having representation here on this list. If, if I may, just kind of looking at Tampa, because they've had some really nice hits and, and, they've mattered, right? Like Tom Brady matters for that team, but so has hitting on draft picks. But for some of their big hits, you have to look at like 2016, Vernon Hargraves, Noah Spence, Robert Aguayo. Those are all top okay, so you, 60 picks. Yeah, and you got nothing for me. You have OJ Howard at Justin Evans hasn't worked out. You know, MJ Stewart, 53rd overall, even Ronald Jones at 38. Um, so for you know, like, I mean, there's certainly some big ones. Devin White, a big hit, Trisha Wirfs. Antoine Winfield looks like that's going to be a great pick uh, the, the DBs that they've hit on, but some of those guys, like those are some pretty massive top 60 selections that they, they haven't received anything. Well, from. And that, I think that's, what's pushing them down. That's the variability of the draft. And that's how you end up with a average return. That's almost a net zero, which yeah. means it's almost exactly what you would expect. Yeah. So you want to take a gander at the bottom here? Yeah, you want to do bottom five? Yeah, let's do the bottom five. Okay, There's so one team at the bottom that's pretty convincingly at the bottom. Yeah, they they their gap as to, to being the worst drafting team is not as bad as, or not as big as New Orleans' gap uh, to being the best team, but it's close. Well, and, and this coincides with another statistic that came out and another graph that came out this week by Warren Sharp about the Raiders, right? How many, how many, how many winning seasons <laughs> right. each team has had since what? 2000 or 2003, 2003. They've had one, they've had one winning season since 2003. 
I'm consider me not surprised that they've also within this criteria are the worst drafting team in the NFL. So we're looking at 2016 to 2020, correct? Yeah. So their their issues. You want to take you want to take their back. <laughs> you want to take their ride? Yeah. We'll are you going to take us on it? Or are you? Yeah. You, no. Let's let's do that. So. 2016 class was Carl Joseph, Jahard Ward, Shalit Calhoun, Connor Cook, DeAndre Washington, Corey James, and Vidal Alexander. DeAndre Washington has the second highest AV of anybody in that class behind Carl Joseph. 2017, Garyon Conley, Obi Melifanu, Eddie Vanderdose, David Sharp, Markel Lee, Shalom Luani, Jylan Ware, Elijah Hood, can't believe he was at something. He is really good at North Carolina. And then Trayvon Hester. Markel Lee has the second highest AV from that draft class. Colton Miller, 2018. PJ Hall, Brandon Parker, Arden Key, Nick Nelson, Maurice Hurst, Tommy Townsend, Azim Victor, Marcel Aitman. 2019. Leland Farrell, Josh Jacobs, Jonathan Abram, Trayvon Mullen, Max Crosby, Isaiah Johnson, Foster Moreau, Hunter Renfro, Quinton Bell, 2020, Henry Ruggs, David Arnett, Lynn Bowden Jr., who never played a snap for them, was traded. Brian Edwards, Tanner Muse, John Simpson, Amik Robertson. You know... (laughs) It's just, it's just not good, right? Like, it, there, there's redeeming moments with Josh Jacobs and, and Max Crosby. You know, I just, they're, they're, they just haven't hit enough. And um, this is incredible. So they have one of the columns here that Pro Football Reference has added is number of years as primary starter for his team at that position that he was drafted. The 2016 class got a cumulative out of seven picks, got a cumulative six seasons of starting play from all those players combined. And four of the six came from Carl Joseph. The 2017 classes, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine picks. And they got two combined seasons of a player being the primary starter, excuse me, three combined seasons, one from Conley, one from Eddie Vanderdose, one from Markel Lee. That's it. That is their return on the 2017 classes, three seasons worth of being starting players combined. You combine that versus just the Reggie McKenzie year in 2014, when they drafted Matt Carr, Gabe Jackson, with their first three picks, and then it was Justin Ellis, Keith Begill, TJ Carey, Shelby Harris, Jonathan Dowling. That's all one draft class from 2014. Yeah, that's outstanding. Comparing, so they got seven years uh, of being primary starter position out of Derek Carr, Gabe Jackson, uh, three years of Justin Ellis as a starter, so that right there is 17 seasons. TJ Carey, three seasons as a starter. Shelby Harris, two seasons as a starter. 
you're over 20 years in that one draft class. And you had a year from 2017, which you had 10 picks and you got three combined seasons as a starter. Now, again, some of this comes back to franchise instability and lack of continuity. And obviously they made the change. You brought in John Gruden. They brought in Mike Mayock. But you look at, they couldn't, couldn't even get through this year's draft without reports of tensions within the organization because they didn't, couldn't agree on what direction they were trying to go. That has all the writings on the wall of just being a disaster. So I know we are not too complimentary of the Raiders at times on this show. But their process and also their results is very concerning. And when you give a guy, John Gruden, a 10-year, fully guaranteed contract that effectively locks you in and says, I don't really care how the first three years are going to go. Ride or die, baby. Ride or die. So continuity is good until you make bad decisions and decide to have continuity with something that's not working. And that's always a very fine line to walk. And I think for the Raiders' perspective – I would have rather given out a four-year deal and tried to extend him after year two if things were going well instead of giving him 10 years, no questions asked. Here you go. Rounding out the bottom uh, Raiders at the very bottom, the Cardinals next to last, Cleveland, the New York Jets, Philadelphia Eagles, Cincinnati Bengals. That's your – I would say that's kind of your bottom tier, right? Mm-hmm. You're low, low. These teams just have not done well when it comes to the draft. And I would say, remember, this is from 2016 to 2020. Right. So for some of these teams like the Browns, you guys are on the up. I would have been fascinated to see what this class looked like if you did it from 2016 to 2019. This time last year, I bet you'd have been worse worse than third to last. Um, now, as the team continues to have more success and Denzel Ward, Miles Garrett, Baker Mayfield, Nick Chubb, like those guys continue to rise. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, Miles Garrett was the number one overall pick. Like he's not going to help your weighted AV all that much because his expectation of being drafted as the number one overall pick is really, really high. Denzel Ward was the number four overall pick. Baker Mayfield was the number one overall pick. It's players like Nick Chubb, who was not a first round pick. They're going to really going to help you as they continue to be strong, prominent players in the NFL to kind of change this narrative about your team. Need to tell you guys about Bill Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar on the planet. So many amazing flavors. They're all delicious. They're all covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. It's like eating a candy bar, but they are good for you. Bill Bars are great for anyone who is health conscious. Whether you want to lose weight, maintain weight, or just indulge in a delicious treat, you got to try Bill Bars. They're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and perfect for anyone on the keto diet. You know, we got a deal for you. Go to builtbar.com, use our promo code LOCK15, and it'll get you 15% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. So, as we bring this to a close, what stands out additionally? We went through best teams. Worst teams against expectations. Um, I think there's a couple of other teams. Uh, New England being 
down they are just above Cincinnati I think is interesting and I think that's a, a reflection of why they had the ideology changes they did this offseason because they've been a team that has steadily been whittled away yep. if you will uh, by underperforming consistently and it's pretty amazing that they had all the success from 2016 to 2020 at the end of the Tom Brady era that they did including the Super Bowl championship in 2018 despite the fact that you just watch them over and over and over again, bring in these classes that didn't live up to expectations. And this is kind of the embodiment of that. And they really, them in Philadelphia, although Philadelphia was, they had the success one year in 2017 when they won the Super Bowl. Uh, but when you're drafting company as teams that are Super Bowl winners in New Orleans and Philadelphia, is the Raiders, the Cardinals, historically the Browns, the Jets, the Bengals, the Jaguars, the Lions. San Francisco is also kind of in that bucket as a team that's been a contender. Those three teams being in that group are quite surprising. Yeah, I mean – New England just doesn't have a lot to show for their drafting, right? I mean, like Joe Tooney was a massive hit in the third round in 2016. And then, like, what else are we hanging our hat on here when it comes to drafting? Like, they just haven't been successful over the last four years, five Mm -hmm. years, in replenishing this roster. And I think that's – if they could have managed it better, and I recognize that Bill Belichick had much more success earlier in his career drafting, but had they been reasonable or like maybe average to slightly above average, maybe Tom Brady's still there. You know, right, like because he wouldn't have felt so handcuffed. Right. I mean, that that was the big thing. Thank goodness Julian Edelman played a decade. Yeah. And Gronk was able to stay healthy for the playoff runs. What else did they have to work with? 20, I mean, 2017, they had four picks. Derek Rivers, Antonio Garcia, Dietrich Weiss, and Connor McDermott. Weiss is a reasonable player, but four picks, that's it. I mean, this Isaiah Wynn, Sony Michelle thing, Wynn's okay. He's a good player when he's healthy, but Michelle, Duke Dawson, 56 overall. Nikhil Harry, Joan Williams, Chase Winovich looks good. Damian Harris looks good, but those early picks they didn't hit on. I mean, just like there's just not a lot to show for this. And they needed to do what they did in free agency to get their roster back to balance, right? I mean, right. we'll see. And that's we we've really been complimentary of of Belichick, at least on the live streams, where that team won seven games last year. And I know that that's nothing to like celebrate, but when you look at the depth chart and the quarterback play that they got, friggin' impressive seven win team. Right, right. I think my final thought here is we have all this conversation about what order the teams fall, but realistically, the margin and divide between a team that was inside the top eight in the Washington football team and a team like the new England Patriots, who we had mentioned as a bottom eight team, that margin is very, very small. 
it is plus or minus a half of a percent. I'm sorry, a half of a hundredth of a percent, right? On a per pick basis. Do math, yeah. So Washington is plus 0.046 AV share per pick. AV share versus expected AV share. The New England Patriots are minus 0.034. So you're not even getting into a tenth of a percentage point. The teams that, to me, the guys that are in the top bucket and the guys that are in the bottom bucket, there's like the tiers that stand out from Washington through Philadelphia, which is more than half the league is a very tightly bunched small margin for errors. One player outperforming expectations could be the difference in three spots on that list. But you got a bucket of teams at the top, New Orleans, Baltimore, Kansas city, Buffalo, Indianapolis, and Chicago. That tier is comfortably above the rest of the pack. And then your team at teams at the bottom, the jets, Browns, Cardinals, and Raiders are comfortably at the bottom. But of all of those teams, I feel best that Cleveland is going to change their narrative and get out of that bucket and begin a climb. Well, they certainly already have. Right. Right. Part of that though, like has been building the draft through, or excuse me, building the team through other avenues that aren't the draft trading Mm -hmm. for Wyatt Teller, signing J.C. Treader, signing Jack Conklin, signing Austin Hooper. Uh, John Johnson is going to be a great pickup for them Mm -hmm. this offseason. Troy Mm -hmm. Hill. But those players are going to help the players that they drafted perform better as well. Yes. And that's how that cycle has to change. It has to happen through that. So I think that's just the big thing for me as we talked about this full list, top to bottom, all 32, but – Man, unless you're one of those top six teams or unless you're one of those bottom four teams and even one of those bottom four teams, there's some context there that makes you feel better about what you're doing. Just know that that's a very tightly bunched group for the vast majority of the team. So we talk about the NFL draft and and, uh, expectations, right? And and variability and what you're, why you should pick for volume. And the argument to pick for volume is it's like the lottery, right? The more tickets you have, the better chance you have of winning the lottery. That margin for error from being team number seven on this list and being team number 21 on this list is razor thin. So there, there is very little of teams vastly outperforming their peers in the NFL draft process here. What's interesting about what you just said there is when you look at the top and the bottom in those distinct tiers that you've identified, some of the teams at the top, I would say are very much trade up, go get your guys, new Orleans, uh, Kansas city made the big move for Mahomes. Buffalo has traded up countlessly under bean. And then at the bottom, you have teams like the Browns and Raiders who have just been littered with draft capital. You know, I know the jets kind of now, but, You've seen, and and I think that could maybe be more reflective of this experiment and how having more 
draft picks gives you more room for, you know, uh, variability with the plus minuses to, to change your score. But if you could go get your guys and, and they hit <laughs> at least for this. And, and obviously we've found, we found some correlation to team success, you know, that, that seems to be not a bad idea. Well, not a bad idea. Coming back and seeing us tomorrow on the show, Kyle Krabs, Joe Bruno, no Chris Schubert today, no Chris Schubert's fault. We hope you guys enjoyed. <laughs> Come on back. See you again tomorrow. We got one more show this week. Thanks as always for listening to the draft dudes podcast.